Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hope you're ready to start our service this morning. We're running late as usual. <laughs> and we're on. <laughs> Which means we're on time. time. <laughs> Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to get our services kicked off with a song here. We're going to sing Blessed Be Your Name. <coughs> it, it's interesting that the first line of the song says, Blessed be your name and the land that is plentiful where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. But it kind of sounds like right now it's like, Blessed be your name and the land that is getting rocked. And your streams of abundance are overflowing. Uh, yeah. But we can bless the Lord in any time, in happiness and in sorrow, in uh, natural disasters and in, you know, a really nice day like today. So uh, let's bless him this morning. Uh, we'll send our praises up. Blessed be your name. Streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. And blessed be your name, when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name, when the sun is shining down on me. When the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out of Turn back to praise. And when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Every blessing you pour out, turn back to praise. Amen. Hallelujah. More in a minute. And guys, I pray that every blessing that God has poured out, that we will turn it back to praise. And understand that sometimes we may not recognize that as a blessing at the moment, but later on. So may we just, in every phase of life, every motion of life, everything we go through, if we will just commit ourselves to turning it all back to praise to Him, what a blessed day we will have. Amen? You know, one of the testimonies I heard of was on the news one day during the Houston flood. Now, we got to be praying for Florida and Irma and all that right now. However, in a minute, buddy, right now... We, we just need to uh, uh, be praying for everyone involved. But one of the testimonies I heard, we, we were talking, singing right here, it said, he gives and he takes away. It did my heart good. There was a man they were interviewing in a very affluent part of Houston. I don't know exactly where he was at, but it was great because he sat out there and they said, um, you, you've lost a lot. They, they're naming off money figures of this place and everything. And he looked at him and said, you know, God said gives and he takes away. This is just stuff. My family is good. That's all just material things. It can be replaced. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To hear that on whatever channel I was watching, I think it was the Weather Channel, actually. But to hear that is like, praise God. That's the way we all remember everything. Everything's just stuff. The Lord gives and he takes away. The great thing is he gives us the Holy Spirit, and that's there for good, if you accept it. Amen? Amen. So praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning and, and just lift up one another and just praise him for what he's given us. Father God. I do come before you this morning. We've had a great Sunday school class this morning. Uh, I just pray today, Lord, that as we've gathered together in this place, that you will just pour out your anointing upon us. May we have a blessed day, knowing that you are not only God, you are Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and you choose to dwell us and be here today. May you be able to, to sit back in that glory, Lord, and look down and say, those are my children down there in Sutherland Springs. May you be, be refreshed as we bless your name, Lord God. With, with our praise. May you be glorified. Pour out your anointing upon us and may we just praise you for it. And God, I do pray for those that are in the pathway of Irma now. They're still praying for all those in Rockport and Texas coast, but may you be with all those on the Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Carolinas. May you be with them as well and remind them that though a storm may be blowing, you are bigger, you are more powerful, and you are God. May they feel your presence. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to see everybody this morning. Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, and just tell them it's good you didn't have to bring the boat to work this morning. Amen. <laughs> Depend to Jesus for the cleansing power. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? 
Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are you garments by the Sunday white as snow? Are you washed in the Bride groom cometh, will your robes be white? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansion bride and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments robust? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin And be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb Are you, are you washed in the blood In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless on the white as snow Are you washed in the social today all right guys real quick just uh, I do have a here lately we haven't had that many announcements and we need to, to announce quite a few different things this morning so I hope you got your ears ready and your pens ready to write down the um, and it is getting to that time of year we, we kind of put our our business our, our staff meetings on hold because there was nothing to really talk about we got to start getting back together here pretty quickly so look for that in October. But right now on your outline, not your outline, on your thingy, bulletin, yes, bulletin. <laughs> That's one of those high dollar words right there, thingy. Several things coming up right uh, right away. Next weekend is the archery tournament. If you have not signed up for that, I would say you need to hurry and do that if you want to be a part of the archery tournament. I have a wedding I'm going to be conducting, so I can't go, but that doesn't mean that you can't. So if the Lord's laid on your heart to go and, and enjoy yourself, but also support this Christian out ministry, I encourage you to do so. The other thing, I probably should have started last week, and especially this week, it was brought up in Sunday school, and Sherry already had it down in the bulletin all at the same time, but Fall Fest is rapidly approaching, guys, and with Fall Fest approaching, we have yet to start picking up candy, and if you remember... It, it, we, that's our probably our biggest outreach, bigger than Vacation Bible School. We have a lot of children, a lot of people come to the church, and that's sometimes the only time they come to the church. And we want to make sure these kids understand that it's not about the candy, but God can give you candy as well. So I want to make sure we have plenty of candy. So I want you to start right now putting in your mind that when you go to Walmart or you go to the store or something like that, that you can grab a bag of candy to come and donate and put with uh, into our, our fall festival 
plan. So I want to encourage you to do that. As of next week, we'll have a, a bucket out here. But we really need to get on to, to, to drawing this together. Now, I have not spoke with the ladies, uh, and they may contradict me or, I may, or may correct me, I should say. However, I believe that it was brought to my attention that Fall Festival falls on Sunday this year. It does not? It doesn't fall on Sunday? It's a Tuesday? Oh, okay. I think I got several people looking. It's a Tuesday. Scratch everything I just said then. <laughs> I had I had fake news this morning. No. Okay, scratch all that. I told you the ladies would correct me. And you know what happened? I listened to a man this morning. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. All right, well, scratch all the rest. Well, we still need candy. <laughs> That's the important thing. So I want to encourage you to start gathering up the bags of candy. Last but not least, on your, uh, I'm, I'm putting, pointing this out because I don't know if everybody actually gets a bulletin, but on the bottom of the bulletin, there's a Bible study that has started up. It's not a part of First Baptist Church Floresville. However, it's an organization called, the organization is actually Bible Study Fellowship, and they are sponsored by churches. They are starting a Bible study on the book of Romans on Tuesday nights from 6.30 to 8 o'clock, gathering, and the information's in your bulletin, at First Baptist Floresville. So if you'd like to do another Bible study on the book of Romans, uh, 6.30 to 8 o'clock, they are, and if you want to go look at them online, it is BibleStudyFellowship.org. You can see their statement of faith. In Before I put it in our bulletin, I really checked that out because I didn't know them. But it looks, looks very good. So if you'd like to have a... a Another Bible study during your week, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. They are meeting at First Baptist Church Floresville, and they're studying the book of Romans through May. Uh, they're supposed to be done sometime in May. I think it was May 18th or something like that. But mid-May is, is how this Bible study is going. So if you'd like to be a part of that. All right, that's enough announcements. Uh, Chris, do you have our scripture reading this morning? Scatterbrained, I like that. Father God, I just come before you and just ask you, Lord, to lift up my brother. And as he speaks this morning, uh, may you bless bless him and may we hear you through him. Uh, uh, Colby and, and the baby's not here right now, Lord God, but may you bless them where they're at as well and just bless his whole family as he comes forth to bring your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, so... Galatians 5.1 starts with, uh, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So I'm going to talk about freedom for a second. Uh, somebody give me some definitions of, of freedom and what it means to you. What is freedom? Bob, give me an example. Autonomy to make choices. That's pretty good. Anybody else got a quick definition for freedom or examples? I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. These are good examples. Just just give me something. Anybody, what's freedom? To do what you want to do? Okay. To ride your motorcycle wherever you want. Yeah? All right. Any, anybody, what, other examples of freedom. What does freedom mean? Whoa. We'll not go there. <laughs> All right. What else? What, what are some other examples of freedom or, or definitions that you have? On the back of a horse? All right. Away from civilization. Okay. 
to be able to worship. Yeah, that's a good freedom right there. So uh, it, it starts off by saying it, it is uh, for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I think that, you know, that's pretty good because that aligns with our American experiment here. You know, we're land of the free and home of the brave. We're, we're supposed to be free, right? Or at least that's the theory anyway. Um, but, but what does that mean in, in a Christian sense uh, when we talk about freedom in a Christian sense? What do you guys think that means? Release from burdens, yeah, yeah. Freedom from slavery, from guilt. That's a good one. Yeah, um, I have a, a slight fascination with uh, taking groups of people or personalities and quantifying them in different ways. Uh, I've studied Myers Briggs. I've studied Gallup Strengths, uh, but one that you guys may know is uh, the Dungeons and Dragons alignment chart. So I'm going to have Bob put this up on the screen real quick. Uh, It's a little small. I don't know if you could see it. Um, So you've got a level of morality and a level of ethics, and it goes uh, from lawful good, uh, neutral good, chaotic good, lawful neutral, true neutral, chaotic neutral, lawful evil, neutral evil, and chaotic evil. So... From the Christian sense, we could just take that that evil bottom part and just knock that off, right? We know we're not supposed to be evil, right? So we're not supposed to fall into those groups. But uh, but if we look at this and we say that, uh, or we think about freedom, right? Christian freedom. Uh, one might suspect that we are supposed to be up in the the upper left hand corner, the lawful good, right? And it, what I'm going to try to present to you this morning is that I don't think that we're necessarily supposed to be lawful good as a Christian, right? When we think that that God has given us freedom, yes, there are rules, but I think what God is trying to present to us is that we're not really supposed to worry about the rules. We're supposed to more worry about the other axis, right? The the good, neutral, and evil axis. That's where he's really more concerned. Because if we get so caught up with the rules, which many Christians do, they, they get so caught up with the rules that we cause ourselves to inaction, right? Sweet. <laughs> uh, we get so caught up with rules and the things that we can and can't do that we somehow stop being Christians and we start being obsessed with rules, Right? And that, to me, is what uh, Christ has called us uh, or has saved us for is for freedom so that we don't necessarily have to worry about the rules so much. He wants us to worry about the other axis and just to be good, right? He wants us to go and do and not worry so much about the rules that we just neutralize ourselves and do nothing, right? So since this is part of Frank's sermon, I'll kind of end it there. I'll give you the rest of the verse, though. Galatians 1.5, Bob's going to put it on the screen. Uh, it says, Christ has uh, freed us or liberated us into freedom. Therefore, stand firm and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. And one of those yokes of slavery is laws and rules. Okay, Amen. All right, let's pray today. Uh, God in heaven, we thank you so much for... Uh, the examples that you've given us for your word. Uh, We thank you so much that you've given us this place to come and study and learn your nature. Uh, We ask now that uh, as we sing and as we learn more about you, God, just uh, have your spirit enter this place so that we can understand more about you and then go and do uh, what you would have us to do. In your name we pray. Amen.
somebody as an example or giving somebody direction actually told them to do something that was against the rules right God told Abraham to go sacrifice his son well that was kind of against the rules but he did it for a purpose right let's praise this morning 10,000 reasons
God, I just come before you this morning and may your amazing love and amazing grace wash over each of us in Jesus' name. Amen. You give God glory this morning. Hallelujah. You know, um, thank you guys. When I put these, when I pray and I put these sermons together, I try with all my heart to pray and make sure it's what God tells me to say, but I can't... I, I come up after a song like that, and I think I'm so unworthy. Uh, you know, whoever wrote that song and put that together—I mean, I know who did and all—but you can you can just hear God coming through that. Amen. So I pray after that you'll suffer through my trying to get God to come through what I have to say. Anyway, this morning, if you turn to the Book of Mark, Mark chapter two, Mark chapter two, I want to speak. Tell you what it feels of the Lord laid on my heart this morning about God's hidden agenda. Now, before you theologians jump on that phrase, hear me out this morning. We will get out a little early today, I have a feeling, because the message is pretty straightforward and succinct. But, no, I mean it. 
Anyway, you know, this, this read Mark. <laughs> but I mean it this time, but we'll just go right to Mark. Let's look at what Mark has to say. In chapter 2, starting in verse 1, this is a story that many have read before. This is a story you may be familiar with. This is a story that's taught in many children's Bible studies and such. However, we're going to look at something else in this story this morning, and it's this. But let's first read it. When he entered Capernaum again after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together that there, gathered together that there was no more room, not even in the doorway, and he was speaking the message to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic carried by four men. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above where he was. And when they had broken through, they lowered the stretcher on which his paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, "Son, your sins are forgiven." But some of the scribes and the Pharisees were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus understood in his spirit that they were reasoning like this within themselves. And he said to them, why are you reasoning these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, pick up your stretcher, and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralytic, I tell you, Get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. Immediately, he got up, picked up the stretcher, and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God, saying, We have never seen anything like this before. Now, there are several different sermons that you could glean from that. There are so many different teachings in that one story that was shared with you and I there. However, as we look at this text in the passage that we just looked at, I want us to look at it in a more general view. I want us to look at it more over the entire picture that just was played out before our eyes. Everybody, every single human being, every one of us, whether we admit it or not, we can think about it a little bit this morning, but every one of us has an agenda in our lives. Every one of us has something in our mind that we want to perform, take care of, look at, do. There's some agenda in, in who we are each and every one of us. Now, as we study over this text, we're going to realize that there were many different kinds of entities gathered together in this story right here. And every one of them, there was, there was a lot of people, it says, crowded into this house of, in Capernaum. So many so that they couldn't get any, in anymore. The doors were just shoved solid full. And I would submit to you this morning that every one of those people in that house had their own agenda. Every one of those people had some type of agenda for being there. And the purpose of this message this morning, the purpose that, 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 that God laid on my heart, I guess, if you will, to ask for each one of us to ask, not ask each other, not ask the pastor, but each one of us to, to sit down singularly, individually, ourselves and God, and ask, is my agenda God's agenda? Every one of us should ask that question, is my agenda your agenda, Lord? That am I operating the way God's operating in, on this earth? Am I, is my agenda operating the same way that God's operating on, on the same page? Are we together? Are we focused on the same thing? Because as Christians, if we really want to be what God has called us to be, it's not focusing on just the rules and the laws, as Chris pointed out. It's not focusing on what kind of clothes I wear. It's not focusing on this singular ministry or that singular ministry. Am I focusing where God would have me to focus? Now, let's look at some of the 
the entities that were represented in this story. I want us to look at some of the agendas of the people that were in that story right there and see who we might align ourselves with in one way or another. And I'm not saying that we would do so openly and publicly, but when you pray and you ask the Lord, God, show me my agenda. Is it in line with yours? You may figure out and see that your agenda took parts of all these other different people as well. But the first one we'll look at, the first entity we'll look at here, I guarantee you, wherever Jesus was, Satan was also there looking for an opportunity to circumvent God's plan of salvation for mankind. Satan was there. He may not have been mentioned there, but wherever Jesus was, Satan was there trying to look for a way to come in and and throw a wrench into the machine to make sure somehow that the, the plan of salvation that God had designed could not be carried out. Well, Satan has an agenda. His agenda would have been to, to keep Jesus boxed up in that house. If I, his agenda would have been pack the walls and all around the church to make sure that, that Jesus is stuck in that house because at the time, the Holy Spirit wasn't given to everyone as it says in Acts 1.8. It was coming from the voice and the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Satan's going to do all he can to keep Jesus trapped in the house and keep those who really needed Jesus outside of the house. He's going to do everything he can to get the... the, He may have lost those that are inside the building right now, but if he can just keep everybody else out, that's that many more that cannot hear the the life-changing words of God. That is still his primary objective today, folks. That's what Satan wants to do today. He will do anything he can to keep Jesus separated from those who need him. He will do anything he can to keep Jesus locked in the house. And he may use rumors, he may use Christians to defame one another or defame this church or that church so that the people on the outside will choose, I don't want to go to church, I don't want to go to an organized religion, I don't want to go where those people are gathered, they're all judgmental, they're all holding just to the rules and the laws, they don't take into the fact my heart, my brokenness, my emotions, these things and this thing and that thing. You know, a lot of us are very analytical and we like rules, we like to, to, to have it set out for us exactly how we are to do things. But folks, God is not restrained by man-made laws and rules. He looks to the heart of an individual, and the great thing is, he is based on love, but he is a righteous God as well, but he is going to do what's best for the individual, whether it breaks man's rules or not. He is going to look to the person. Well, you can't talk to this person, you can't talk to that person. The Pharisees looked at Jesus when he was walking amongst his ministries, and they said, how can you talk to the harlots? How can you talk to the prostitutes? Why are you talking to the drunkards, the sinners? Who needs Jesus more? He said, I came not to heal the well, but to heal the sick. Your rule says that I should not go down in there, that I'll dirty, defile myself, that I'll hurt myself, that, that, that my, my, my ministry might be tainted if I go amongst the, the derelicts. But Jesus said it's the derelicts who need to know the Word of God. And for that reason, keep your rules. It's what's on the inside of a man rather than on the outside that makes him. Now, I'm putting a whole lot of scriptures together in this little translation I'm giving you there. But that, that's what Jesus was walking with. Satan said, man, I, I can't fight it like that, so I'll just take other Christian people and I'll have them defame one another. Well, you know that pastor down there or brother, sister, so-and-so from over there? They were down there with those sinners. They were doing this. Pass this rumor along. And, and if you've ever played telephone, once the rumor starts, Satan just steps back and smiles because by the time it gets over here, it's changed into some mountainous thing. That pastor wasn't just amongst them. He was down there partying and having a great time and and blew the roof off the place. You see, Satan still wants to lock Jesus in the box, in the house, and keep those who need him outside. And it's so sad how many of us allow ourselves 
to be pulled into Satan's agenda. Oh, not me, Pastor. I, 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 I could never allow that to happen. Most of the time, he does it so subtly, subtly that we, we, we don't even realize we're being used. If we get so caught up in our, 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 our rules and our doctrines, they hide. Sometimes we'll hide behind our, our judgmentalism, our religious terms, and saying our, our, our doctrinal euphorisms. We'll hide behind all these nice religious words, but in reality, we have become a, that church of Ephesus that we're studying tonight. We have become that church that might hold to the rules and hold to the legitimate things, but we lost our first love. And what did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy spirit. If we are just following the rules, where's the love within the rules? We get so caught up in our religious bubble that we allow Satan to use us to keep Jesus in the bubble and the people on the outside of the bubble away from him. Folks, let me tell you this morning, I think we're all probably guilty of it a little bit at least. But if that's what we have been guilty of, if you pray and that, you know, I'm doing that, that was Satan's agenda. We've got to be real careful that our agenda isn't running closer to his. Now the multitude. It says there was a huge multitude of people that came there. They had an agenda also. That as all these people gathered, they wanted to see some wondrous miracle. They wanted to see some kind of a miraculous sign take place. They were gathering to see this Jesus that could just make, make all kinds of neat things happen. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who come to church today only to see a sacred ceremony. They come to church for a, a magnificent performance. They come to church to, there's a lot of folks who go to church just to hear the music, which music is wonderful, and there is ministry in music. But if you're coming just to hear the orchestra or hear our guys play, there's a problem there. How disappointed some of those people must have been when, when they got there and, and they were waiting for all this stuff and Jesus just simply sat down and started preaching the Word of God. Can you imagine? They're like, no, 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 no. We don't want to hear all that. We want to see miracles. We want to see incredible things. We want to see angels come from the sky. We want to get the goosebumps all over us. I don't want you to just sit there and, and impart the word onto me. I don't want to just hear about God. I want all this other stuff. You know, I've had many conversations as pastor of this church where people have asked me, well, what does the church have to offer? What do you have to offer me and my family? And I'll tell them all that we have here. And, and oftentimes, most times actually, they shrug and say, well, that's just not enough. Rather than attend and look for Christ and how Christ may be able to, to use them to bring some of the things that they are missing, to how Christ may use them to, to implement and start some of the things they're looking for, they just turn around and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to choose to be entertained elsewhere. And how sad that is. You notice most of the times that Jesus was preaching, he didn't have an orchestra following him. He didn't go into the greatest synagogues most of the time. He was on the side of a mountain. And he sat down and started preaching the Word, telling the stories. Started talking about the God the Father. Started talking about love and redemption. He started talking about how we have to turn from our wicked ways and put our faith in Christ. He didn't ever say anything about going and being entertained anywhere. But yet, how many people, that's their agenda on Sunday mornings. I'm going to go just to... That, that pastor, he's, got, he's a very eloquent speaker. He speaks really well. I'm going to go listen to that man because he's got a very charismatic way of presenting himself. Or that church that has that incredible 100-piece orchestra or whatever that is. It might be more than that. I, have a, I, I am musically not inclined. But whatever it is. Or that building that's just so glorious. I'm, I want to go to that church. It looks like a castle. So on Sunday mornings, 
I can feel bigger than I am because I'm walking into a castle. Folks, Jesus never said we are to be entertained. He said, study the Word to find yourself approved. But, again, that's some of our agendas. The scribes, the Pharisees at Capernaum, they had an agenda also. These were the people that had come to the church, come to hear Jesus, come to this house, excuse me, to hear Jesus. So they say, say look who I've been seen with. I, I, I Make sure everybody can see them and that they were with the leading prophet of the day. They were going in to, to hang out with this Jesus, to, to, to let everyone know, wow, I was there. To let everybody see that I go to church on Sunday, because that makes me good people. A lot of folks, that is their agenda today. We're going to go to church on Sunday so I can name drop. I'm going to go to church on Sunday so I can get those business deals. So when I, people ask me, are you a Christian? Yeah, sure, I go to church every Sunday. Now, no doubt, some of these Pharisees and these uh, scribes and all, they were there to, to show others how much more wise they were than Christ. They were probably there to try to show their theological degree. Their agenda was to go and just be seen by man. Unfortunately, there are many people today who still go to church for that same reason. Either to just be seen by others that they, that they got their card punched, they were at church, or they go and to be seen by others so that they can name drop to other religious people. You know, I, I didn't go for this reason, but when I got to go and shake hands with Adrian Rogers and speak to Adrian Rogers, to me, that was like, man, I couldn't wait to get back and tell everybody, hey, I spoke to Adrian Rogers, how about you? Now, a lot of y'all may not even know who Adrian Rogers was, but to me, he was my, my hero on earth. And it amazed me. If you've ever heard Adrian Rogers on the radio, he's got that booming bishop voice that just goes everywhere. And it's just like, wow. Well, when I met him, he's only this tall. I was like, that's not fair. That's just not right. You're supposed to be like 10 foot tall and bulletproof. He's gone, to be, gone home to be with the Lord now, and I'm sure that's exactly where he stands. Now, I didn't go to name drop. But it makes me feel good, too, that, hey, I got to meet Adrian Rogers. But if I went just to meet Adrian Rogers and not hear the word that Adrian... What makes me so elated with Adrian Rogers is very rarely did he ever preach anything that I stood back and said, I don't know. The man preached the word of God. And that's what we should go to hear. Not to hear Adrian... Not to say I met Adrian Rogers, but that I heard a man who sat down and preach that well, he don't sit, or he when he was here, he never sat, but he preached the word of God. If our agenda is to just to find that pretty place, to find that entertaining place, to find that charismatic speaker, to find that one person where I can be entertained for Sunday morning, you know, if I'm going to go to church for two hours, and then by golly, I better be entertained. I better come out with goosebumps on my from everywhere, you know, like like little Maria said, from the soles of my feet. She says she's blessed from the soles of her feet to the top of her head and her sides too. Hallelujah. But if you're coming, you know how she's blessed that way? Because she's not coming for me or, or a pastor down at Hope or whomever. She's coming to see Jesus. And she's always blessed that way because she's looking for Jesus. In everything that transpires, she's looking for Jesus. These Pharisees were looking for fame. Not Jesus. The four friends. You know, they, they come in, they bring their paralytic friend, and they're trying, they're trying to figure out how we're going to get in. It's like, man, they had an agenda as well. Whenever we have our, our take up our prayer requests on Thursday evenings, guys, this is, that, that, that is a long list of concerns that we, that we have regarding those who are sick. Thursday nights, we gather together and we have a dinner and we have our, our, our uh, study, our little Bible study. 
But then it's about that, that prayer list. We go to that prayer list because we want to reach in and pray over these names. These four men, their agenda, they were desperate to bring their friend to Christ for a physical healing. Praise God. They knew that if I can get my friend to Jesus, their agenda was that Jesus could heal him. Praise God. That's why we meet together midweek on Thursday nights to, to go over our prayer list so that in one accord we can show those on our prayer list how, how important they are to us, that we are going to intercede on their behalf so that God can bring a physical healing, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, whether it's financial, whether it's relational. If you've looked at the prayer list, there's a lot of cancer on our prayer list. There's a, a, a lot of st- uh, on there for spiritual guidance. There's a lot of things on our prayer list. When we go over that prayer list, our agenda is matching those four men who said, my friend needs Jesus. Those people on that prayer, we, get, we put that prayer list in every one of your bulletins, not so you can make airplanes, but so that you can go home and say, my friends, or these people, I don't know who they are, but, but they are the friends of Teresa, or they're the, the friends of the Holcombs, or they're friends of the Pomeroys. I don't know them specifically, but I know that they have a need, God. And just like those four men, I, I am tearing down the roof. I'm bringing these to your feet. I want to lay these people down. And I am looking for a physical, spiritual, financial, relational, whatever. I am looking for the healing that only you can bring, Jesus. Hallelujah. That was the agenda of those four men. They were saying, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes to bring our friend and put him at your feet. Because I know you can heal him. Hallelujah. Now Peter is there too. Peter has an agenda. The house referred to here, it, uh, most people assume that it's Peter's house because in Mark one twenty nine they were at Peter's house. Now I, I, I can't make a dogmatic statement about that, but I'm going to say, I'm going to assume that. I'm going to assume this is Peter's house right now. And this being Peter's house, I can imagine, you know, Mark said very clearly that, that they didn't just bring him in, that they broke up the roof. They tore up the roof to let this man in. Peter's agenda at this point is probably thinking, yes, God, heal him, but who's going to fix my roof? i got a big hole in the roof now. That's great, guys. Bring him to Jesus, but who's going to fix my roof? And I shared that this morning because many people attending church are more concerned about the appearance of the church building and the roof and things of that nature than they are concerned about the people who are in the church. They get more concerned about the building and and the grounds, which we are to take care of. Don't get me wrong, we are to take care of what God has blessed us with. But here's a bit of information for you. I have found that to be true, that if we are going to use our church, I mean really use our church building, our fellowship hall, our grounds, whatever, if we are going to use what God has given us for the cause of Christ, then there is no doubt that our church building is going to get broke up in the process. It's just going to happen. If little Johnny comes running through the sanctuary and marks the wall, and we yell at Johnny and, and tear Johnny and his parents apart rather than just tell Johnny, we don't run in the sanctuary, son, you want to help me fix this. But we tear him apart and tear his family apart and they leave and they never come back and we stand before the Lord one day. I have to ask you, you think God's more concerned about that dollar of plaster and a little bit of paint to fix the wall that day? Or is he more concerned that he's having to look at Johnny and say, depart from me for I never knew you because this guy over here ran you off from the church rather than where you could hear from the Word of God. I think, as it says in Ezekiel, the blood of the lost will be on my hands at that point. Because I cared more about the mark on the wall than I did Johnny's heart. When our agenda is more about the building than the people who enter the building, then we are wrong. And I understand that we are to take care of what God's given us. We are to be good stewards. I, I, 
I fully agree with you. And the mark on the wall has to be repaired and it has to be fixed. And if I can get Johnny to help me, wonderful. But am I going to drive Johnny off because of that? That I'm the one to wrong, not Johnny. It's just a building. The church. And you could have a, a crystal cathedral. You could go over, you know, my mother pretty much lives at Central Baptist Hospital now. We're over there by Cornerstone. That's a huge place. That church, and they got another building there. They're just continually getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's a monumental building. But you know what? It's just a building built by man's hands. And I guarantee you there's defects and faults in there. You might not see them, but man built it. They're there. They are there. It's just a building. It's what God's Word's being on the inside of that building that matters. And I pray that there's people who are listening not to the man, but to the Word of God. Folks, if your agenda is more on the building than Johnny, we have a problem. Praise God for the four men that tore the roof apart. But if I sit there and yell at them, you tore a hole in my roof. What, what kind of moron are you? God may heal that man and those four and those five get into heaven. But I bet he has a different word for me. As we move on, Jesus. Jesus was there. Jesus has an agenda. When the paralytic man was, was lowered through the roof by the four friends and placed there before Jesus, Christ looked up and what did he say? Son, thy sins may be forgiven thee. Your sins are forgiven. You are washed clean. Folks, that is the agenda of Christ. Sin is the root of all our troubles. He didn't care about the hole in the roof. He didn't care about the crowds. He didn't care that Satan was trying to keep people out and other people in. He didn't care about the Pharisees were there to try to trip him up. He saw the man come in and he looked at the root of all our problems. He didn't even talk about the paralytics at first. He didn't talk about the bed. He didn't talk about anything else. But he looked at the young man and said, Son, your sins have been forgiven. Folks, Christ has come to remove the curse of sin. As Chris pointed out a while ago, Christ has come so that we may have freedom, so we may have life and have it more abundantly. And that freedom comes from the fact that I can go to Him not on a daily basis, but on a minute, on a second basis if I wanted to, and say, Father, forgive me for I have fallen short of Your glory again. And you know what my God's going to say? He's not going to worry that I marked the roof, that I busted the door down to get into His chapel. He's not going to worry about what I did to my car or to this or that. He's going to look at me and say, you truly are repentant, and son, your sins have been forgiven. Jesus' agenda is to wash us pure and bring us into His glory. Rather than sending the, the Pharisees away or the, the, uh, uh, the people away or the sick man away, rather than, than turning away all this stuff that was going on there in that little house in Capernaum, rather than turning His back on the roof breaker uppers and, and saying, why in the world would you make a hole like that? Christ's agenda was to look at that young man and say, sin away. I'm not sending the Pharisees. I'm not sending the breaker-uppers. I'm not sending the, 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 the loudmouths or any the crowd that's here for miracles. Sin. Get out of here. You have no place here. That was Christ's agenda. So this morning, as we look at ourselves, when we, when, when we stop, is our agenda God's agenda? Because when God's agenda is being full, fulfilled, good things happen. Note what happened here. The man was healed. God healed that man. The people, they saw their miracles. They saw their wonders. When we get on the same page with God, when our agenda matches His agenda, then we're going to see good things in our lives. 
even as Chris said, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the floods, in the midst of all the things that's going on, we still have freedom. And that is a huge word to me. You can ask Sherry. That, 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 to me, my freedom is my number one thing God has given me. And I do not like people to impose themselves onto my freedom. When I have the freedom to choose and to be and to do and to say, I look to, the God, to God Almighty and I know and I acknowledge and I give Him all glory. I have the freedom to do as I do, not because of the United States Constitution, which is a wonderful document, not because of the men who fought and died in 1776 so that I can have a country, which was wonderful. I am a, I am a very patriotic individual, but I can step forward and know that I have freedom even if this great country falls that was built and founded by men Founded upon the Word of God, but it's still built by men. I can still have freedom because the one who gives me freedom was never defeated, and that's Jesus Christ. My freedom comes from Jesus Christ, and if I acknowledge that, then I can take my agenda of freedom and put it in His, which is to seek and to save that who is lost. That's God's agenda. God's business is, is, is going out in the soul-saving business. It's not about the building. It's not about the showing other people up. It's not about looking for signs and miracles. It's not about being entertained. God's agenda is a soul-winning agenda. And we can take whatever God has given us, whether it's a penny in our hand or a $1,000 bill. Well, I don't know if they have a $100 bill. I can go and be what God's called me to be. And say, God, I'm on your agenda. And I pray that God's hidden agenda in most churches. See, God doesn't hide it. It's the churches that hide his agenda. God hasn't hidden his agenda. His agenda is to save the lost. But churches have hidden it. Churches put more into their buildings and more into their committees and more into their ideologies rather than God's agenda. I pray with all my heart that it will not be hidden here in this church that every one of us will stop and pray and ask the Lord. You can talk to your spouse about it. You can talk to your friends. But bottom line, you need to go to the Lord and say, Father God, honestly, I, I'm coming before you, truly wanting to hear and see what is my agenda and is it in tune with yours? If every Christian, if every person would stop and look, what is my real agenda here? Is it all about me? Or is it about others? Am I going to church to get my card punched? Or am I going to church to get filled so I can go out and punch other people's cards? That sounds ugly. Go out and let God's Word touch other people. What's your agenda? There was a lot of folks that came to that house in Capernaum that day, Mark, to annotate it for you and I. We see a lot of agendas. Which one are you closer to? The faith of the four? Faith of the young man on the bed, the soul-saving agenda of Christ, or is it Satan's agenda of keeping Christ in the church and the people outside? Where are you this morning? I want to ask you to stand, and I want you—I want you to be thinking about it right now. I don't want you to wait till tonight or tomorrow and give Satan time to whisper in your ear. Start thinking right now, God, what is my agenda? And he may tell you, come to this altar, come to this cross, and just nail it there. Put it down, say, my agenda is not what it was supposed to be. He may have you get on your knees where you're at. He may have you come speak to me. He may have you go up and talk to Bob or Chris, whatever it is. 
Will you do what God's called you to do this morning as we stand? I want to lift you up in prayer. And I am trying to pray individually, not just well, for you, but for me as well. But will you let God touch your heart today? And remember, when you say amen, you say, I agree with. As we pray, if you don't agree, don't say amen. Because I, I feel as though I'm about to pray that God will show us individually what our agenda is. And if you're too scared to look at it, I take you on your knees and say, Father, give me strength. Let's pray. Father God, I come before you. And I do pray that each one of us in this room right now, individually, specifically, will assess the agenda we have in our lives. What are we doing? Whether the world thinks it's good or bad, whether the church says it's within the rules or outside the rules, doesn't matter. Is our agenda your agenda? God, we have gotten real good at rationalizing away things that we know that are not of you. We rationalize this and we rationalize that. Show us today, without all the impurities, show us with clarity what our agenda is today individually. And God, then I ask that you would show us how to draw it closer to yours. There's a next generation coming, Lord God, that's looking into us. They're seeing whether we roll over and just think about ourselves or if we're really reaching out to help them grow. God, making this world a better place is more than wars and environmentalism. It's spirituality. Is our agenda yours of saving the lost? God, may your will be done in the hearts of your people this day as we make a decision and a choice. Whether we choose your agenda or someone else's. Just help us align our agenda where it needs to be. Father, just give us grace. Give us mercy. And most of all, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. If any are here today that needs to ask that forgiveness, Lord, may you give them the assurance of knowing that if they mean it, then you'll give it. You'll bless them, and from this day forward, they can go forth and proclaim your gospel. Some folks in this room, Lord God, have been through some harrowing times. Some have been on top of the mountain. Some have been at the bottom of the mountain. Some have allowed their agenda to be skewed by things that's happened in their lives. May they see that you're the rock that never changes. And that today they can decide to build their agenda anew upon you. Father, I pray your will to be done. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. If God's speaking to you, then I, I would pray that you would pray. Sit, stand, lay down on the ground, whatever you need to do. Come to this altar. But will you do what God's asking you to do today? Get free of the ugly. Put the other agenda aside. And it's awesome when you walk with God's agenda. He's telling you sing, sing. But do what God's asking you to do this morning. leave you nor forsake you all you gotta do is trust in him and watch what he'll do Daniel trusted in the Lord what a wonderful book we can go and read because of it many different times Daniel was thrown in the lion's den 
in one way or another, in one time literally. But God brought him out. Will you trust God like that today? Will you trust Him? Amen. Before we close in prayer this morning, I'm going to ask this family to come up. This is Ricky Mercer and the family. Wesley. Wesley. Sorry. <laughs> I've got any other names stuck in my head now. Uh, he's coming up this morning, and his whole family, including the three boys here, each one said they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they are coming. They feel as though the Lord's called them here to be a part of the church and help us work and get through what God's called us to do. So everybody, in accordance with the Wesley family, coming and joining the church, say amen this morning. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I'll go ahead and share it. I don't know if I'm supposed to, actually. But, but Brian told me one time, he remembers you, because you were the guy with the fast car at the church that always was peeling around the church when you were a kid. Probably. <laughs> An El Camino. Oh, no, I ain't having El Camino. No? No. Uh-oh. You got blamed for it, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, you want to come stand with this young man right here and his family? And guys, I want you to come up, shake their hands, give them a hug, and let them know that it's great to see them. This is our brother and our sister Kathy and the other brothers. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And now they're brothers and sisters in house. A sprint? If it was a sprint, he wasn't peeling out too much. Oh, I thought the sprint was like a Shabbat. Oh, okay. Amen. Well, guys, we're going to quit talking about cars and just go back to the spirit here. If God's speaking to you, will you step out? Come up and thank, uh, welcome our new family that's joined the church today. But most of all, guys, keep looking up. And every day, even if today you said, I am making my agenda be what God has called it to be. I want to align myself with God's workings. Even though you make that purpose today, Satan's going to attack you tomorrow. Make it every morning. This is the day the Lord has made. I not only shall rejoice and be glad in it, but I choose to follow Jesus throughout. And watch what will happen. Watch what will happen. Good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Keep looking up. Uh, Maria, if you missed her, her gathering yesterday for her 60th wedding anniversary, keep her in prayer. They're going out for a week, uh, another honeymoon after 60 years this week. So keep them in your prayers. Uh, I've had a lot of people ask me about my mother. She's out of the hospital. She's at my house in my chair watching TV. Anyway, <laughs> just kidding. She's at my house. <laughs> and she she is doing doing very well. She's, she's eating. That's if you pray for her, pray for her to keep eating. Pray she will eat. Amen. Good seeing everybody this morning. Praise God for each one of you. Brother Dennis, would you close us in prayer this morning, brother? Hey, baby girl. And Lord, we'd always look to you for everything that we need or want to do for others, Lord. Let us be a helping person like you were, Lord, to always look to help others instead of ourselves. Lord, we thank you for this family that has joined our church, Lord. We pray that you bless them and help them, Lord, to whatever, Lord. We just pray that you be with us. Thank you again for that church.